It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible, or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And welcome into the Virtual Bible Study. You're plugged in, we're ready to go, and we hope you'll stay tuned. The Virtual Bible Study is a one-hour, internet-only, call-in program devoted to the honest discussion and study of God's Word. We're glad you've joined us on this Thursday evening, March 8th, and we hope you'll stay tuned. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, good to be with you on Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. We always look forward to it and uh, hope that we can learn some things that will be very beneficial to us as we look to God's Word for guidance in our lives. And we want you to participate in the study tonight. You can do so by calling 931-381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments to questions at collegeview.com. We want to talk about pornography on the program tonight, Dad. It is rampant in our society. It seems to be getting worse day by day. And we want to talk about that important subject on the program tonight. I think it really is an important subject, Jacob. And I think a lot of people are not paying enough attention to it, not aware of the dangers, not aware of the the real problems that can cause in a person's life. And, of course, not just in this life, but spiritually and in eternity, the consequences of of this sin. Uh, We've got a special guest joining us tonight, Jacob. John Schmidt is the president and chief executive officer of an organization called Love in Action based in Memphis, Tennessee, and they do a lot of counseling with people who are involved in uh, the addictive kind of behaviors that are associated with pornography and other things. John, thanks for joining us on the virtual Bible study tonight. Great. It's good to be here, Jacob. Greg? Tell, tell us a little more accurately about the kind of things you deal with in, uh, in your organization, Love in Action. Well, we, we minister to uh, men, uh, primarily men and also women to a lesser degree, um, who are struggling with sexually addictive behaviors, uh, most of which are involved in homosexuality, but we definitely uh, have also people that come to us that are dealing with heterosexual addiction, pornography, um, uh, other forms of sexually inappropriate behaviors. So you, you you deal with a lot of things tonight. We're asking you to share some of your knowledge about the, the problem of pornography specifically. And as we were talking on the phone just before the program started, John, pornography can and often does lead to other things, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think probably one of the the, uh, the greatest errors in, in our uh, assessment of the issues of pornography is that we don't really talk enough about the fact that it almost always coincides with addictive masturbation. Okay. Um, and, and I think people think, well, what's wrong with looking at a picture? Or what's, you know, why can't a guy look at pretty girls? Well, the reality is, in, in a vast majority of the cases, it leads to an addiction of masturbation, which then subsequently leads to uh, more sinister sexuality, which can even uh, affect his marriage uh, sexual behavior, uh, bringing uh, sinister behaviors and and extreme desires in, into the marriage relationship. So um, I think that it, it has all kinds of residual effects on a person's life. 
I was reading an article earlier this week in which it suggested that if a young person, a very young child, for instance, is exposed even accidentally to pornography, it can have life-altering consequences in regards to their sexuality and the development of normal sexual uh, desires and so forth. I would definitely uh, see the validity to that because what happens in a man's sexuality is uh, that especially at the point of puberty, the initial sexual symbols that are a part of, of any far, form of achieving orgasm or, or sexual behavior, the, the stimulation for that behavior can become a lifelong symbol um, of his sexuality that's very difficult to get rid of. Um, and so if a young man uh, exposes himself to um, pornography to any degree in the early forming stages of his sexual development, um, it can lay out uh, physiological as well as emotional and mental images um, that he may have to face and deal with the rest of his life. And so what, for all parents who are listening tonight, they need to really see this as a crucial factor in protecting their children. You know, parents are are duty-bound by God to provide for their own and to protect their children and this is a real threat, and children in particular need to be protected from it. I would definitely agree. I, I think another thing is in, in today's climate, um, there are a lot of parents or grandparents or guardians out there that, that may look back upon their own life thinking, well, what's wrong with looking a little playboy or penthouse? I think some people are ignorant about how severe pornography is that's accessible on the Internet today. Um, it isn't just as simple as a... Uh, the swimsuit edition of the Sports Illustrated magazine. Um, the pornography that's available at a point-and-click access to our teenagers is extremely depraved. And uh, I think we're, you know, we could be shocked uh, as far as what is actually available to our young people. John, you're counseling mostly homosexuals in your organization. What percentage of them would you say have had a problem with pornography in their past? A hundred percent. Okay. All right. And I mean, I, I, yeah, I could say that fairly easily. Even even in my own life, um, uh, I, I was actually initiated into um, a higher level of struggle with my own homosexual behavior when I found uh, same-sex pornography. And uh, we should tell our listeners, uh, John, you have a, a past in, in homosexuality that you've come out of. That's right. That's right. I've been out of homosexuality now for 22 years. Um, when I was married, I was a young man, my mid-20s, um, somewhat struggling with, with life and relationships and, and confusion about my marriage and other things. And, and I worked at a convenience store, and in that convenience store they had uh, pornography available, pornographic magazines for purchase. And because I had a lot of time there by myself, I started looking at those magazines, and uh, I found myself highly attracted to the men in the pictures. And it started a fantasy life for me that um, was a fuel to the rest of my inappropriate behavior, which subsequently led to adultery and addictive homosexuality, divorce, um, abandonment of my family. I mean, I, I believe absolutely it was a gateway uh, into a lot of the other struggles that I had. I, I spoke to you earlier, John, and said, you know, sometimes in drug addiction, people refer to marijuana as a gateway drug. 
that it's the first thing people do, but it leads to other kinds of uh, even more serious drug addictions. And and you just used the word gateway here about pornography, that it's the place where people start, and then it leads to other things. What You mentioned homosexuality, but certainly I think you mentioned adultery. Just a whole myriad of compulsive sexual sins follow from the first step of viewing pornography. Am I right? Yes, and it can also lead to um, forms of behavior that are more hidden. Uh, in other words, you might have someone who's uh, in a highly professional position or could even be you know, pastors, ministry leaders, that uh, have a, a real strong sense that acting out sexually outside of their marriage or with someone if they're single is wrong, and so they can many times find an extreme amount of behavior and medicants uh, in, in pornography, where they hide it, they stuff it, um, it goes on in the darkness of the night, it goes on in the closed door of their office, um, easy to, to click your mouse and it's gone, nobody can, can see that you've been looking. Uh, pornography can be a very, very uh, extremely addictive drug. Um, the other thing I think people don't often realize is that for men, there is actually a chemical in the brain that is released when uh, we, are, we are experiencing sexual stimulation and orgasm that is addictive to the same level as cocaine. And so when we involve ourselves in pornography and extreme levels of sexual expression and masturbation, um, then it actually can be chemically addictive. Yeah, there's, um, there's actually a physiological component to it. Absolutely, yes. Um, and, and again, there's not much education out there about that. It, it actually is an endorphin that's released in the brain that seals into the brain the memories and the circumstances associated with that particular sexual um, uh, arousal. And uh, it's, of course, in God's design, it's meant to uh, help us to commit to our marriage. It's designed to help the, the relationship with our wife to remain committed, and, and it's, a, it's a fuel to remain uh, attracted to and desirous of our, of our wife for life. But when men symbolize that same chemistry in multiple different uh, behaviors, such as, as uh, uh, sexual promiscuity, masturbation, pornography, it can actually severely decrease our ability to remain committed to our spouse because those chemis- chemical uh, memories are sealed in, in in a very distracted way in our brain. In other words, it, so, let me see if I can interpret what you're saying. It sounds very reasonable and logical. In other words, if 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 my if my sexuality is associated exclusively to a monogamous relationship with my wife, then then that sort of addiction to those feelings draws me closer to my wife. But if I've allowed fair. myself to stimulate those feelings in other ways, then it detracts from the attraction that you would have with your rightful mate. Well, it, and it detracts because we've uh, certainly counseled many men who will say, it's hard for me not to think about pornographic pictures or past relationships when I'm with my wife. Exactly. But it's natural, of course, because those are sealed into your brain. Um, now, of course, Romans 12 talks about the renewing of our mind. What's interesting about this same philosophy is that we literally can renew those paths in our brain when we discipline ourselves to a sobriety, when we stay away from the inappropriate attachments and sexual arousal stimulus. Well, I want to. We 
Yeah, let, let's invest. I want to investigate that with you. You say that it is possible. Now, we're, we're talking about a very serious thing, and and using the word addiction is a strong term, but it certainly applies here. But you're saying that you believe it is absolutely possible. Of course, I think the Bible, you as you indicate, the Bible clearly indicates it's possible. And, and your experience is it is possible to bring people out of this addictive behavior. Yes, and it, it involves it involves an obedience, uh, and it also involves a, a period of time and a, and a re-symbolizing of our sexuality. And what that really looks like is if you think about a valley where a river has kind of forged a crevice, um, and there's a dam placed at the end of that river so that the water doesn't flow down the river anymore, eventually that crevice will become full of weeds and brush and rocks and things will kind of fall in on themselves. So if that dam is released, it'll have to kind of forge a new path. Well, the same is true of the pathways in our brain. When we discipline ourselves to stop the behavior, to actually dam it up so as not to go down that path again, then that path will eventually become what we'd call disrepaired. And it will faint into the past memory so that it's not as much of a current issue anymore. It will not completely go away. But the renewing of the mind actually involved in Romans 12 is the, the uh, obedience to stay away from the behavior and then to build if in our marriage, in a married life, to build new sexual memories. And so eventually they become the natural path for our attractions. How important? Oh, excuse me, John. Okay. How important is it in the process of what you're just talking about, the renewing the mind, changing the thought patterns and, and controlling ourselves, disciplining ourselves in regards to something like pornography, how important is it to seek help from others? Uh, in other words, you, you, you work with an organization that, that exclusively deals with such matters. I know in local churches sometimes we, we're called upon to – to help people who have such, is it important for the person who's addicted to, to own up to that and to confess that to others and say, help me in dealing with my problem? Well, there again, we have another very uh, familiar passage in Scripture. Um, in, in James, it says that we are to confess our faults one to another and pray for each other so that we can be healed. And I think that expressing our weaknesses to a trusted and safe group of people, confessing our faults, and seeking healing is absolutely vital. And I think that's another reason why pornography is such a, such an addictive component is because it's most often experienced in, in privacy and in secrecy, and it also is filled with such deep levels of shame that many people who struggle with it can't find the freedom they hope for because no one is involved in the process of getting out of it. Exactly right. Exactly right. It's absolutely vital that we bring other people into the process. Well, as you said, it's a really it's a really strong problem, and of course, it, it's it's just growing exponentially because of the internet. You know, 15 years ago, if you wanted to view pornography, you at least had to take the risk of going to the store and buying a dirty magazine, and somebody might see you do it. Yeah. Now, as you say, people believe that they can do it with complete anonymity over the Internet, go to the privacy of their own room, shut the door, and click, and, uh, and they're into that world. And so the access to it has just exploded, and the problem is exploding. John, real quick, we, we, we're gonna, we uh, promised to keep you just about 15 minutes, but let me ask you, what do you, in dealing with people who have the problem of addiction to pornography, what level of success do you think 
is reasonable to expect. I mean, you're dealing with a lot of people in your organization. Are we talking about a 100% success rate and people who want to come out of that, or what realistically, what are you seeing? Well, I, I think it, it's a little difficult to give a success rate, largely because um, coming away from this requires an incredible commitment. And that commitment involves what you talked about, and that's the honesty, the confession. It involves a, a, a much deeper look at this than just trying to stop. Because in order to stop the addiction of pornography, people have to get intensely and, and, and gruelingly honest with themselves about a, a myriad of other things that they're covering through the pornography addiction. It could be shame issues from the past. It could be relationship problems. For example, I know one man that was addicted to pornography because he was molested by another man when he was 15 years old. And his addiction to pornography was fueled because in his mind, that other man found something attractive in him, and he feared that his masculinity had been ripped off or robbed from him. And so his pornography addiction and masturbation addiction was connected to a constant testing to see if he still could find himself attracted to women. And so it's like for him to just stop pornography wasn't, wasn't going to work. He had to go back and deal with that other issue. Yes. He had to go back. Uh, a phrase that, that I often use is we will not deal with our past until we put it in front of us. Right. And it's because if the past really isn't the past, it's not the past. In other words, sometimes these shame issues, abuse issues, relationship problems are living in our life every single day, and we're using pornography and other addictive beha behaviors to medicate or to stuff those problems. And a lot of people in the Christian world say, well, why, why can't I just put it in the past? Why, you know, all things are new. You know, didn't God make all things new? And it's like, well, if it's not the past, it's not the past. I understand exactly what you're saying. John, we appreciate you sharing some time with us and talking to, with us about this problem of pornography addiction. It's obviously a huge problem and growing. Uh, someone recently reported it as to be the, the fastest growing addictive behavior in the United States today. And so it really is a problem that people need to be aware of. We appreciate you sharing some information with us uh, about uh, what you are obviously very informed about by virtue of the work that you do on a continuing basis. Love in Action is your organization out of Memphis, Tennessee, and we appreciate your time, John. That's great. You can find us at loveinaction.org. Okay. Thanks, John. Thanks for your time. Right. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. All right. The number to call is 931-381-4567, 931-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got another guest that will join us. Uh, stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to 
us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study. Thank you again for joining us tonight as we talk about pornography. And we appreciate John Smith for joining us. And now we're going to go up to Virginia and welcome Mark Larson to the program. Mark has uh, done some study recently, Dad, on the, the topic of uh, pornography and really had uh, some material that you saw that sort of sparked your interest in this discussion. Yeah, Mark preaches for the North Charlottesville Church of Christ in Charlottesville, Virginia, and they put out an online bulletin that I get. And, I, and Mark had just a really good article, uh, followed through on the website there and found uh, that he'd also done uh, an entire sermon on the subject of pornography, and I think he did an excellent job of bringing out the biblical truths related to that. So I called Mark to see if he'd join us in discussing this subject, and he's on the line with us. Mark, welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. How, uh, tell us about Charlottesville, Virginia, the church there. I understand it's a, a relatively new work in Charlottesville. Yeah, so we've been around just a year and a half, two years. Uh, I came to join Larry Rouse, who had begun the work and had a good start since September. A lot of good contacts and home studies begun. Good, great. Well, this problem of pornography, we were just talking to a fellow, and I don't know if you got to hear the first part of the program or not, but we were just talking to a man named John Schmidt who works with a group out of Memphis, Tennessee, that counsels people who are involved in addictive sexual behaviors, including pornography, and he pointed out to us that pornography is sort of the, the jumping-off place, that a lot of people start there, and then it leads to all kinds of other things. And so if we, I think if we have good common sense, the thing that we want to do is to uh, stop this right where it starts, stop it before it gets started, and so we need to be on guard about pornography. Oh, definitely. I appreciate the things he said. I did get a chance to listen and the the danger of pornography is tremendous. I as well stated by the speaker, I I'm I'm really uh, fearful for our, our youth or uh, the next generation and I you're right, we need to be on our guard and we're told in first Peter two eleven that to abstain from fleshly lust which wage war against the soul and and that's right, you know, we're in for a fight and uh, that's why I think it's so important to know what we're up against, and that's what led me to the study. I, you know, the things. Go ahead. You know, Mark. Uh, we talk about. Uh, he talked about the dangers of pornography, and to show the extent of those dangers, you know, by definition, really, pornography is on primetime television when the family's gathered around the tube on, on to watch primetime television. Exactly, and I'm glad you phrased that example because. A lot of times we are vulnerable or we let ourselves uh, get ensnared because we're not defining what pornography is. Uh, one of the things we have to keep in mind is that pornography has the goal or the purpose to sexually arouse someone. And I contend that it doesn't have to involve uh, people 
who are in the nude. Uh, that, in other words, when you have a particular form of entertainment that is suggestive or that uh, has that goal to arouse you, then you've entered into that realm of pornography. Uh, one of the things I'm sure this previous guest would have brought out is that in this addiction, that it began with looking at people that simply were immodestly dressed uh, and then just kind of went up the ladder towards uh, the nudity and then the hardcore stuff. And so if we could stop it, you know, from the start there uh, with the immodest things that we see on television, that would be of great help. What happens, it seems like to me, Mark, is that, you know, people are not satisfied at the at that first level. In other words, you start at a certain level, but after some exposure at that level, there's the satisfaction wanes, and so you have to take it to the next level a, a little more, a little more, a little more, until you've really gotten very involved in it, and, and the word addiction fully applies to people who've gone that course, because they there's not any real satisfaction, uh, no lingering satisfaction at least, and therefore people are compelled to take it to a higher and higher level. Exactly. Uh, there's not the satisfaction. We fool ourselves to think we could just have a, a little here and there, but it, it grows. And I, I found an interesting uh, factoid the other day. Uh, you know, the Victoria's Secret models, uh, they had that industry in 2005, uh, they had $3.3 billion in profit. And that's no accident that people, you know, they view that uh, immodesty and then you see the steps that it leads to something even greater. And like you say, the satisfaction that, you know, you only have so much and then you want more and you want more. And I contend that, you know, as Christians, we have to keep a covenant with our eyes, like Job said in Job 31, and, and to not even, you know, let that first step uh, begin. You had a, a really good uh, definition uh, of pornography uh, in your sermon notes, and this is from Wikipedia, the online free encyclopedia. And it says, pornography may use any of a variety of media, written and spoken text, photos, sculpture, drawings, moving images, including animation and sounds such as heavy breathing. Pornographic films combine moving images, spoken erotic text and or erotic sounds, while magazines often combine photos and written text, novels and short stories provide written text, sometimes with illustrations. In addition to media, a live performance may also be called pornographic. Notably, all of the above may be found on the Internet. And that's from an Internet source, Wikipedia. Yes. So, yeah, that opens up the eyes there to see it's a much bigger problem. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think that we've got to get people thinking that, you know, yeah, you know, I would never go out and buy a Playboy, and I would never go to any of those triple X sites on the internet. But we've got to get them realizing that when they view their Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition, or yes. when they even watch a lot of the popular shows that are on TV, they are at that threshold of pornography. Yes, uh, I mean that's going to get the uh, you know, the devil's foot in the door, so to speak, and. You know, I appreciate uh, what he mentioned about addiction, and certainly uh, this is the, the new addiction, if you will, not that it's, uh, I guess you could say, reinvented. But, uh, you know, I, I saw another, I don't know if he mentioned this, but uh, 
compared to uh, alcoholism, there's actually more people that have addictions with uh, online porn than alcohol. Uh, one statistic was like 10% of adults uh, in the U.S., uh, which would be about 40 million users on a regular basis. Yes, and, and uh, some statistics that I saw recently indicated where that gets started or how early that gets started. Um, there's a site on the Internet, and I'm trying to bring it up right now. I think it's called noporn.com, and uh, they they said – they asked in a, in a survey, how old were you when you first got hooked on pornography? And there were kids, 9%, almost 1 out of 10, who believed they were addicted to pornography became addicted in it between age 5 and 10. And then the big the big age group where people were particularly uh, uh, brought into this between 11 and 15 years old, 45 percent of pornography addicts said they became addicted between 11 and 15 years old. And so, what, where are they getting that? Well, they're getting at a lot of that off the internet, but they're seeing it on TV. They're going to movies. Their parents are even condoning them to watch TV and go to movies, in which they're seeing the kind of things that are leading to this addiction. I'm glad you bring up that age group because, you know, I I know that a lot of times it's the youth that uh, knows a lot more about computers than I do, and they have a lot of uh, smarts in that department, and, and we learn from them on that. And it's interesting that parents, uh, you know, they'll put up uh, their uh, Internet filtering software for their computers, and the children will find a way around those things. And I think that sometimes we might have a false sense of security if we just kind of let them go and not be involved in their lives and not have frank discussions about these things. Exactly right. And But I wouldn't want to leave a misimpression that we're saying this is just a problem for young people. I think it's a problem for for Christians of all ages. And I'm, I'm concerned when I hear Christians who openly talk about going to see R-rated movies, who, who don't, don't express any shame. Uh, in admitting that they have seen that sort of thing, uh, it, it, they're playing with fire, to say the very least, and with things that can affect their eternal souls. Exactly right. I mean, young and old. And uh, another sad thing that I had studied was just how many divorces uh, have uh, online porn as one of the factors that led to their divorce. Uh, one statistic said two-thirds of marriages and i don't know if it's that high but i'm i'm sure it's not that far from it and it just goes to show the desensitizing that uh, pornography can have where one would think that you know relations outside of marriage is acceptable let's take a break and when we get back we'll continue our discussion with mark larson from charlottesville virginia we encourage you to get in on the discussion the number to call is 931-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com as we talk about pornography on the virtual Bible study tonight. Stay tuned. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. 
I'm gay. <laughs> and at 9 o'clock, it's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 1.28. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. Hello, my name's Jeffrey Vernon. I'm 13 and this is the Virtual Bible Study. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. We hope you'll stay tuned, and we hope you'll participate in the discussion. The number calls 931-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. As we talk about pornography on the program tonight, uh, Mark from Charlottesville, Virginia, is joining us on the phone, Mark Larson. And we have another call from Charlottesville, Virginia. Larry is on the virtual Bible study. Hello, Larry. Welcome to the program. Yes, yes. I appreciate you having Mark on. I uh, obviously heard his sermon live a few weeks back and urged him to write his article. And after we posted the article to our website, we have received some very strong responses, some sad ones, in some cases personal responses of, the kind of devastation that pornography has brought to uh, homes of mature Christians. And I do believe this has been a neglected subject. That's one thing we are beginning to see in some of our feedback is that some of the ladies saying, hey, I'm glad somebody's finally talking about it. And I'm afraid this has been a subject that maybe we as preachers have not addressed as we should, and there's a great need. If you get a chance, uh, the Annadale Church in... Uh, Virginia. They have a lecture program every year. They recently had Scott Smeltzer on, and he did a lesson on pornography, and it is very revealing. I do believe we all need to address this. I think it is a much bigger problem, and not just for young people. Well, Larry, we, I was, Larry I was we've un, un, unfortunately, I'm sure you, as well as I and others, we've, we've known of preachers and elders and others who were strong Christians who allowed themselves to fall into this trap and then it's brought ruination to their lives. Well, there was an elder that I served under a few years ago that uh, lost his job, stepped down as an elder because he had uh, observed pornography at work against company policy. And uh, now he turned, turned to the Lord and he was faithful and he was a great encouragement after that. But it certainly... Uh, is just an example of how powerful uh, a thing this is. And uh, and I appreciate you putting this on your program. I do recommend that preachers, as they hold meetings in other places, to consider making this an important part of uh, a gospel meeting. Larry, Larry, give us your website for the church at Charlottesville, uh, Virginia, because the information that Mark put together on this topic is available there on your website. What's your website address? Uh, www dot cville c v i l l e church c h u r c h dot com. There's another URL that's a little easier. U v a church dot com. U v a church dot com, and and yes. that will get you to your website. And this good information that Mark has put together is available there. 
Yes, and we're going to put some of the feedback, the material up. We've got quite a bit, and we'll have a feedback section in the next week or two that will have some of this, some at least what we're allowed to put up there, of, of some of the accounts of some of the people that have written in uh, after reading Mark's material. And so we'll we'll have some additional material and additional links in the, in the next few weeks. You know, Larry, this just emphasizes the fact that, you know, we're called to be pure from the world, and this is an area of purity that we've got to focus on and make sure that we maintain purity in all areas of our life. Hey, appreciate very much what you're doing, and I'll let you guys uh, get back to Mark here, and uh, appreciate y'all, uh, what, 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 everything you're doing, your program. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate your call tonight. The number to call is 931-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. We'd like to hear from you on the program tonight. Are you still there, Mark? Yes, okay. I've been listening. Mark, Mark Larson is joining us, uh, talking about some uh, studies he's done on the subject. Mark, you know, the Bible tells us very clearly that we've got to make sure that we maintain purity. Numerous passages we could cite on that on that account. Yes, I'm glad you brought up purity, because um, when it comes to this particular activity of partaking of pornography, I think some has foolishly rationalized that the Bible does not condemn it. Yeah, one interesting word study that I did on the works of the flesh in Galatians 5 is the work of the flesh lasciviousness. And when you do a word study, that reveals uh, to mean an unrestrained, shameless public display of sex acts. Now, if that doesn't describe pornography, I don't know what does. Say that again. Mark, see that say that again. Take of that. And Mark, give that definition of lasciviousness again, because that's a that's a sixty-four dollar word that's found in the Bible. We never use it any other time. But it, as you say, it's a work of the flesh. It's going to keep people out of heaven. D- define that for us again. Yes, uh, lasciviousness is defined as an unrestrained, shameless public display of sex acts. And to me, that's the right, very description of pornography. Uh, and we know that in Galatians 5, that those who practice such will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, that right away should give a red flag uh, that, you know, to give us a, a stern warning not to practice these things. We, of course, could think about Matthew 5, 28, to not uh, commit adultery in the heart, and, and certainly even with, without the actual bodily involvement, uh, you have the sin in heart, and one is not right with God, uh, no matter how one might rationalize it away. In, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28 that you just referenced, Jesus said, Whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Now, now you know, if you think about that, would you have to be in the physical presence of the woman in order to commit the sin of lusting after her? No. You could look at a Playboy magazine, or you could look at a dirty movie, or you could look at nasty stuff on TV, or you could definitely click on the Internet and look at the porn sites that are there. You could commit that sin without being in the physical presence of the woman and do exactly what Jesus said there would would, uh, condemn us with adultery in the heart. Exactly. Uh, And we see the condemnation in the following verses and how important it is to get that that form of sin out of our life, uh, to make those sacrifices, like he says, to pluck out the right eye and to cut off the, the hand, that not, uh, of course, literally, but in that figure that he's getting a point across in an extreme way, that make whatever sacrifice you need to make to get that sin out of your life. Well, you know, we've talked about the, the fact that, you know, there's a lot of discussion about whether or not uh, Matthew 5.28 means you actually have committed adultery or 
if you've set yourself up in your mind to to do that committing and you know the reference is made to the person who's angry with his brother as a murderer you know that's a, that's a condition of your heart the problem is that when you go down these roads you allow yourself to fall prey to these other sins and not more serious or more uh you know detrimental in god's eyes they're all sin but we're setting ourselves up for further sin by going down these roads in our mind exactly right you know right exactly in the we, we, were, we were just quoting from the sermon on the mount there in matthew chapter 5 and there's there's a statement that jesus made at the very start of that sermon which has really been meaningful to me and i think it's the kind of a verse that we can all memorize real easily and that when we face the temptation of looking at stuff we shouldn't look at, remember what Jesus said in the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Who's going to see God? Those who are pure in heart. The implication clearly is if you do not keep a pure heart, you're not going to see God. And so in the moment of temptation, I think it would be very helpful for us to recall a very simply memorized verse of Scripture, Matthew 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Wonderful. I'm glad you mentioned that. And, you know, it talks about it, that same principle in Psalm 119 and verse 9. You know, how does a young man keep his way pure? By according to his commandments. And we have that memorization, that meditation upon Scripture, and we carry that word in our heart. And, and just like Jesus, when he was tempted in the wilderness in Matthew 4, he quoted Scripture, and that needs to be with us, uh, that we are ready. Uh, also prayer, uh, that we would pray that we would not enter into temptation, Matthew twenty six forty one. You know, there are things we can do uh, so that we will not uh, give in, but that we will actually be victorious. If, if you're listening tonight to Virtual Bible Study, we'd love for you to get in on this discussion. Our phone number is 931-381-4567, and the email address is questions at collegeview.com send us a message give us a phone call we'd love to get your input on what we think is a very important subject that's affecting a lot of people the problem of pornography and it may sound strong to use this terminology but people are actually addicted to it as our guest earlier in the program john smith uh, who counsels people dealing with these kinds of addictive behaviors he says that they that that there are actually chemical changes in the brain that that have the same kind of addictive characteristics as cocaine that people who view pornography and get that stimulus in the brain from having done so are addicted to that chemical release in the brain and it, it makes it a very challenging thing to overcome so we got to be on guard you know though when we talk about something being addictive we got to go down the same road with everybody else well i'm not going to get addicted to that you know we talk about alcohol i won't be addicted to alcohol i can i can smoke and i won't be addicted or i can do drugs i won't be addicted we don't have to even talk about the fact that something could be addictive god said it's wrong and uh, we've got to understand that and christians have to understand that we've got to be pure from the world first thessalonians 4 verse 3 this is the will of god even your sanctification that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. It's God's will, Dad, that we abstain from this activity, regardless if you're addicted or not. God wants us to be sanctified and be pure from the sins of this world and the sensuality of the world that we live in. The, the word sanctified there means to be set apart and dedicated to his purposes. You know, if we're just like the world, if we do everything the world does, we go to the same movies they go to, we watch the same TV shows they watch, 
uh, we, we do not restrict or discipline ourselves in regard to the things we view and involve ourselves with on the Internet, then how are we sanctified? Exactly. And, you know, it's, I think it's uh, portrayed by the fact that uh, the, the way that, that Christians are dressing and behaving these days, uh, they dress like the world in the sensual manner and immodest manner of the world, and they watch the same entertainment as the world, and it's an indication of their heart, wouldn't you believe, Mark, that uh, they're thinking like the world in, in, their, in their thought processes. Oh, definitely. And you know, we're warned uh, to not love the world in First John 2, and you know, there's a temptation to conform to that world in Romans 12, and you know we can find ourselves behaving just like the world. I don't. I think maybe one of the temptations is just to want to fit in, or, or we don't think twice about things that obviously there's going to be over time uh, an effect on us, uh, and so there there has to be that proactive attitude that we're going to do something about it to protect ourselves, and it might be like we were talking about earlier those great sacrifices, it might seem pretty great to some to whether simply to get rid of uh, you know the cable or the or the internet service or whatever it takes, you know. Of course you don't want to get rid of the internet entirely because then we couldn't listen to your show. <laughs> yeah, but, well uh, I understand what you're saying, but if it came down to that it'd be better never to have internet connection than to lose our soul or to for our children to lose their souls because of the things they saw on the internet. You know, I've I've paraphrased and in, in, we were talking earlier, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, If thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast in hell. And I've paraphrased that verse before, and you can make all kinds of applications, but here's one I've made. If your television set offends thee, throw it out, cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that thy television set should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And I think that's a fitting application of the truth that Jesus was teaching there and, and, the, and the idea of sacrifice that you were just suggesting, Mark. Yes, that's a wonderful parallel to put that in there to see, you know, what, what are we going to do? And, you know, one might think we can't live without the TV, but, uh, you know, if it's going to help you from, not from sentence, well, then why not? And you think about the dedication to Christ and what we're willing to do. Let's talk about uh, this when we get back from the break. Uh, one verse to think about uh, while we go to the break, Psalm 24, talking about how important our purity is with our, our relationship to God. Psalm 24, beginning at verse 3, who, has, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted his soul into vanity, nor sworn, sworn deceitfully. Our purity is essential to a right relationship with God. And so we've got to be maintaining purity in this world that we live in. As we talk about pornography on the program tonight, we have about 15 minutes to go. Mark Larson from Charlottesville, Virginia, is our guest at this point in the program, and we'd like for you to join in. The number to call is 931-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Hello, everyone. I'm Wade Shelton, a member of the College View Church of Christ. If you're like me, you've probably heard a lot of rumors about what the Church of Christ is all about. But regardless of what the rumors you may have heard, let me just quickly tell you what we are about. The College View Church of Christ is simply a group of Christians that is committed to doing everything that God has commanded us in exactly the way that he commanded us to do it. So we just simply open our Bibles and study them to determine what God has commanded us to do, and then we try to do it. It's just really that simple. Are you interested in being part of a group of people who have this approach to serving God? 
If so, I hope you will join me and my family as we worship God with the College View Church of Christ this Sunday, 9.30 a.m. My name is Roger Toomes, and me and my wife love to listen to the virtual Bible study on Thursday nights. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. Welcome back to the virtual Bible study. I want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. If you'd like to find out more about the College View Church of Christ, visit our website, collegeview.com, or call us anytime at 931-381-4567. That's also the number you can use to join in on the discussion tonight, or you can send us your questions or comments via email the questions at collegeview.com. Talking with Mark Larson from Charlottesville, Virginia, about the important subject of pornography, and it is vitally important for us that we uh, we flee from sexual sins. I think that's certainly true. And and when you say flee from sexual sins, that's such why why this discussion is so important because pornography leads to other things. I know in the notes, Mark, that you pre- prepared uh, on the subject of. Uh, Pornography, one of the points you made is that pornography leads us to the kind of thinking that says sex outside of marriage relationship is acceptable. You know, it, it breaks down our resistance and it leads us to think, well, you know, this is this is very common. Everybody's doing it, it, it you know, and and, you know, I, I wouldn't be that bad of a person if I slipped now and then and, you know, got involved in some of these things myself. And we've seen. We've seen people who were strong Christians get ensnared in this, and so we need to we need to be committed to the the purity that God demands and and the sanctity of marriage and our relationships to our mates, and that this is this is the place where God has made sexual gratification possible, and that's where the blessing of it is to be found is in marriage and marriage alone. I'm glad you brought that out. Uh... That is so important when we think about protecting our marriage, and if we want our marriages to stand the test of time, that we have to keep uh, such filth out of our homes. Uh, you know, there is the rationalization to think, well, it's not going to affect my marriage. But you know, we read passages like Hebrews 13:4, "Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled for fornicators and adulterers. God will judge." And, and, you know, just like you said earlier, it is going to retrain our way of thinking. It's going to desensitize the way we look at sex. And like you mentioned, that we have to have that mindset that this is something that is reserved for the sanctity of marriage. So I was uh, preparing another article, in fact, on this issue and was thinking about how it must feel or how it might affect someone who finds out that his or her spouse uh, has been partaking of pornography, and certainly there's going to be feelings of shock and hurt and rejection and anger and feeling betrayed even. And, you know, here's this marriage that was once, uh, at least to a certain level, I'm sure, uh, confident, felt secure in that marriage, and now it has been shattered and replaced with fears and doubts, and it's going to take a toll on the marriage as well as on the children. Oh, you're exactly right, Mark. Let's go up to Iowa and welcome Ben to the virtual Bible study. Hello, Ben. Welcome to the program. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, something that concerns me is we keep talking about the source, and I don't think the source is the problem. The problem is we need to teach our children to deal with the problem because the source has always been there. The source will always be there, and I'm telling you, 
If your child becomes addicted to pornography, it's because you didn't teach your child properly. God tells us how to deal with these things. Teach your children. I think you're right, Ben. I think we've got to teach our children. We've got to instill spiritual values in them. And I think I think that's certainly an important. But in other words, if we if we just acted as sort of uh, uh, iron-fisted sheriffs, in other words, we're going to keep this stuff out of our home, and our kids are never going to even know it's out there. And then suddenly, when they go off to college or when they get off on their own, they're exposed to something that they never heard of before. Then we haven't really trained them. We got to train them that this stuff is wrong. And and help them establish a a, a a system of moral values that's going to make them turn away from it when they are exposed to it. I think you're right about that. But in in the same vein, I think we've also got to be we've got to be on guard when our when especially when our children are young and in their adolescence when their spiritual strength when they don't when they're not strong enough yet on their own to be able to make mature spiritual decisions we've got to be there to help them in that and part of the way of helping them is to protect them from exposure to it uh, you know I, I once talked to a lady for instance who was very concerned her son had uh, his own tv in his own room and she said i go by his room at night and i listen in the in the doorway he's got his door shut but i try to listen to what and i'm afraid he's watching dirty stuff on tv and and you know i i held that mother at fault for the fact that she allowed such a situation to exist. Uh, that that boy was not old enough to be making his own mature decisions about right and wrong, and she should have been protecting him from that uh, as well as teaching him at the same time what's right and wrong. That's 100% correct because I, I feel confident, and I know that you're a good man. If you tell me that you didn't see a playboy sometime in your 15 to 17 years old or whatever that time is, I have a hard time believing that. No, I did. I you, did. But but the thing of it is... Raised, you were raised to deal with it. Yeah, we've got to teach... I think that I think that's the point of teaching our children spiritual values. But at the same time, I think we've got to protect them too. And, and especially in those very formative years. You know, as we were reading some stats earlier, kids as young as five years old are being exposed to pornography on the Internet. And... Kids at that age are just not prepared to make the right decisions yet, and if we let them have free access to that sort of thing, they will make wrong decisions. You can just bet on it. Guaranteed, if you have a child that's exposed to pornography at five years old on the Internet, it's your problem, and God will deal with you for such actions. I think you're right, Ben. Appreciate there's your a comment. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ben. There's, there's a comment that I'd like to make on that. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, I think that's true that we have to teach our children and we should also uh, do all we can to protect our home from stuff even entering our home. Uh, but one of the things that I think people don't know about the Internet, that even if you train your children well and you help them to use that Internet wisely for, like, homework or research projects, that a lot of pornographies disguise their sites. Uh, they're called stealth sites with common brand names, including... Disney and ESPN and other names that you would think would be safe, so to speak, and it would lead uh, that link to uh, a pornography site. And there's that young person, and they see all these photos and all these images, and it and it's just like the previous guest mentioned. It, it kind of 
leaves a, a lasting impression uh, and, and, and a scar that's hard to get over. They're drawn in. I think you're exactly right. I, and, and probably all of us who have spent any time on the Internet at all uh, would have to admit, you know, we followed a link even innocently and saw things that we didn't want to be seeing. And when the kids do that, they may not have the spiritual strength and maturity to quickly turn away from it. Mark, quickly tell us some uh, some ideas that the Bible presents on how we can uh, overcome this sin and not fall prey to it. Uh, well, we could certainly re- reiterate a few things we've already mentioned. I, I could do it in summary, but uh, we know that we're up against a war, and we see that when we talk about this issue, it's not just uh, flesh and blood, obviously, but there's a spiritual war going on, as Ephesians 6 talks about. And so we have to, you know, get ready for battle every day. And that here there is this war that Satan is wanting to bring us down, and we have to be ready uh, for that fight. But at the same time, you know, we do not want to be uh, naive or foolish just to think we're going to run right full steam ahead and and think that we're, we can't be affected, uh, as if we've, uh, you know, we've earned our stripes and we can venture into that ter- territory again and not get burned. You know, we have to have that sense of resolve that, yes, uh, I'm going to fight, but I'm not going to be looking for a fight either. And I'm going to keep that word with me in my heart, as we mentioned, and we're going to continue to pray. Uh, one of the things that I think uh, earlier in the show that was mentioned is that if there is a struggle that one has against pornography, that it's extremely important to ask for the help and prayers of brethren. Uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, tells us of the importance of being spiritual, of the one that would do such a a restoring of one that is in error, uh, that that person be spiritual. And when I think of that passage, both James 5.16, to confess our sins to one another, that it's extremely important that if you're going to confide in your brethren, that you go to those that are spiritual, those that uh, can handle that issue, of course, and also be a strength and encouragement to you. I think that's uh, a good that point. Is, that's a uh, very important several point. several ways of escape that the Bible talks about as we think of 1 Corinthians 10.13. I think that's a really good point, Mark, very important. All right, Mark, and uh, you know we've got to understand that uh, that there is a way of escape. God has uh, has made it where we can overcome the temptations that we are uh, presented with, regardless of how uh, difficult those temptations may be. It's it's not inevitable. We can overcome this and all sins with the help of God, and we need to we need to develop a strong determination to do that and discipline ourselves. Let's go back up to Charlottesville, Virginia. They're busy up there dialing the phone tonight, and Stephen <laughs> Stephen's on the program. Hello, Stephen. Hello, thank you for giving me some time. Um, I think uh, you've mentioned a lot about the addictive nature of pornography, and I think a lot of times there's a a strong tendency to focus on the don'ts and to the get away from aspect of the pornography, and that's absolutely right. But I think the thing that's really going to help those who are ensnared in this really kick the habit is focusing on a love for God. And you brought up earlier Psalm 119, um, especially verses 9 through 16. And in verse 11 it says, Your word I have treasured in my heart, that I may not sin against you. And, you know, the central idea there being that God's word, you've brought it in your heart. It's where your love and your affections are centered on. 
And, you know, it's getting away from so much the don't do this, don't do that, but looking at what you can do in the Lord and where you are focusing your habits and the way you spend your time. Um, and also, you know, looking to form good habits instead of just breaking the bad habits that you may be caught in, such as Bible study and uh, meditating. Obviously, those are not, not the bad habits, but the habits would be replacing your bad habits. And yeah. down in verse um, 14 to 16, he says, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. And, you know, really when doing the law of the Lord becomes our delight and we rejoice in that, and that is really when it will become much easier for us to resist the temptation when it confronts us. And, you know, really turning the focus from the awfulness of our own sin to the love that God has for us and the wonderful nature that that provides for us. You don't have to work hard at doing something to delight in, do you, Stephen? Well, I mean, sometimes you do. and um, but, it, but as far if we can get that attitude that we want to be pure, we want to do what God has told us to do in his will, and that's what makes us happy and that's what is fulfilling for us, then we're going to be driven to do what God wants us to do instead of what our flesh wants to do. Yeah, Stephen, also a verse that certainly goes right in hand with what you were saying is Philippians 4, verse 8, where we're supposed to think on things that are uh, true and honest and just and pure and lovely, things of good report. These are the things that we're commanded to think on. So instead of, instead of as you say, we, we talk a lot about don't do that, don't do that, don't, don't do that, but we've got, we, we've got to fill that void with good things and thinking proper thoughts, and I think you're exactly right. We appreciate your comments tonight on the virtual Bible study. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Well, Mark, uh, we're coming to the end of the program. I want to thank you again for uh, joining us tonight and for your good comments. Oh, you're sure welcome. Mark, I want to be get... part of the program. I want to give your website again. You've got a lot of good information there, uvachurch.com, uvachurch.com. We'll get you to the website of the North Charlottesville Church of Christ and the, and the good information that Mark's put together on the subject of pornography. Thanks again, Mark, for being with us. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, Dad, well, thank you for the discussion tonight, an important discussion, and uh, we need to be thinking about this, need to be uh, – studying the Word of God and understanding what He wants from us in our lives. I think it's a huge problem, an explosive problem in the world today. Christians have got to be aware. Parents have got to be working with their kids. As Ben and Iowa said, you got to teach your kids. you got to, you got to get them ready for these challenges. And I think it's certainly an important part of parenting today to be realistic about these dangers. But it's not just parents and young people. It's about all of us, no matter what our age maintaining purity of heart to please God. That's exactly right. Well, thank you for joining us on the program tonight. If you have anything that you'd like to comment on, on the discussion that we've had tonight, or if you have any questions, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com anytime, or call us at 931-381-4567. We hope you'll be making plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.
Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.